she has been such a, an inspiration to Liz and I and to the church. And we're so thrilled to be in partnership with you. Uh, we feel that you are the extended family of kings in Uganda. And uh, we commit ourselves to stand with you, to pray for you, and to serve with you in the days to come. I want to try and briefly bring together a sermon uh, which should take 30 minutes and 20 minutes. Uh, We continue our series in the book of Mark this morning and we come to Mark 14 and I want to speak on the subject of extravagance. You know, people can be extravagant about many things in a number of areas in their lives. Extravagance in fashion This Valentino dress would set you back £8,300. Extravagance in accommodation. This is one house in India which cost £1.1 billion. It has four lifts and can accommodate 100 people. Extravagance in transport. This Lamborghini will set you back 3.3 million. Extravagance in jewellery, this rock will set you back 13 million pounds for one ring. Extravagance in giving, Bill Gates has given 50 billion dollars to charities throughout his life. Now, this week is a very special week in the Christian calendar. It's called Holy Week. It's called Passion Week. And our Easter invitation, which Phil produced, says it all. A lot can happen in seven days. And we have the grain of wheat, which goes into the ground to die in order that fruitfulness might come. We have the sun that was darkened. We have the cross where Jesus died. And we have the empty tomb that speaks of his glorious resurrection. These were seven days that changed the world, that changed history. And the passage today in Mark 14 is the beginning of that week. And so I want us to consider this passage under the heading of extravagant love. This story is also recorded in Matthew 26 and in John 12, and somewhat a different story is recorded in Luke chapter 12. But this morning, I want to highlight four things in the context of extravagant worship, extravagant love. Verse 3, while he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. First of all, I want you to notice that her love was costly. The custom of the day was when a guest entered your house, you put a few drops of scented oil upon their forehead to take away the smell and the stench of the journey. Mary, on the other hand, 
She brings a full jar of perfumed oil, which was pure nard. Now, the plant nard was found only in India. So this perfume was expensive perfume. The Bible says it was more than a year's salary. It was more than her life savings. But she gave to honor Jesus. Maybe the expression of her extravagant love was in gratitude for what the Lord did for her brother. Because in John chapter 12, the same story, we read that Lazarus was at the table. And maybe she looked at her brother and she looked at Jesus and she was filled with such gratitude she had to break the alabaster jar of perfume. Or maybe the expression of her love stemmed from the revelation that Jesus was who he said he was. That Jesus was the savior of the world. That he was the resurrection and the life. And so she expressed her extravagant love. The act of love was costly, not only financially for Mary, but also mentally and emotionally. We see from this passage that Mary was prepared to risk her reputation to give Jesus the worship that he deserved. She not only anoints his head with oil, but also his feet. And then she begins to dry his feet with her hair instead of a towel. This is reckless abandonment. This is extravagant love. This is outrageous gratitude. Washing the feet was bad enough because only slaves washed feet and she was no slave. But she then proceeds to let down her hair in order to dry the perfume from the feet. And in that culture, only prostitutes took their hair down in public. So the astonishing thing is this, that Mary was willing to risk her reputation, not caring what others thought of her, in order that she might worship Jesus and honor him for who he was and what he had done. Here's the thing. When you are deeply touched by the love of God, when you are deeply touched by the grace of God, when you are deeply moved by the forgiveness of God, you can't help but respond in ways that often make no sense to the world. Her act of worship filled the house with a beautiful aroma. This is what Amy Carmichael once said. Whatever you love most, you will love most extravagantly. That is profound. Whatever you love most, you will love most extravagantly. Some critical comments were made at the table and 
Jesus says, leave her alone because she has done a beautiful thing. Zoe Ball, who's taken over from Chris Evans on Radio 2 each morning, she has introduced a new slot, and it's called this, Good Intentions. And you text in to Zoe Ball your good intention of the day, and she speaks it over the air. But good intentions are never enough if they don't become actions. Mary had good intentions, which became an act of love, and she didn't count the cost. Tim and Anna, as I was preparing this talk today, I felt the Lord say to me that he has seen the sacrifices that you've made. And he has seen the jars of oil that you have broken over many lives. You have refreshed people. You've encouraged people. You've healed people. You've inspired people. The Lord has seen your extravagance in how you love people and in how you care for them. And he wants you to know this morning that he is well pleased with that sacrifice and with that aroma that constantly goes to him. And he wants you to know that wherever you go, you leave this fragrance behind. The fragrance of God, the fragrance of Jesus, the fragrance of kindness, the fragrance of love and forgiveness. You leave this fragrance, this aroma behind, which impacts many people. And it is an honor and it's a privilege as a church to be in partnership with what you're doing in every life. Some of us this week need to turn our good intentions into actions. Good intentions into actions. God this week will bring before you an opportunity in order that your good intention that he has placed within your heart might become an action and a reality. Secondly, I want you to notice Mary's extravagant love was opposed. Verses 4 and 5. Some of those present were angry and they said to one another, why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. It's evident from the passage that not everybody was impressed by Mary's act of extravagance. Some were angry and they said, it's a waste of money. We should have sold that perfume and then given the money to the poor. And what they were trying to do in this situation, they were trying to take the moral high ground because it was the custom to give to the poor during the Passover week as an act of thanksgiving and worship to God. But we know from John 12 that the one who tried to take the moral high ground, 
the one who is leading the charge against Mary's extravagance was old moneybags himself, Judas Iscariot. The one who would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. This story warns us to expect that not everyone will be enthusiastic when you seek to serve the Lord your God like Caleb wholeheartedly. When you seek to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and being, people will criticize and question your motives and often your actions. I can remember when uh, the Lord spoke to Liz and I over 40 years ago about leaving Scotland and going to Bible college. And it was so clear, it was so direct, we knew that we had to leave our family, leave the fire service, go and be trained at Bible college and embrace whatever God was calling us to do. And I remember sharing this with my best friend in the church who always wanted to go to Bible college, who always wanted to be a pastor. And he said to me, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Are you sure you can afford this? Are you sure you will cope academically? What will you do about the family? What will you do afterwards? Why don't you just stay doing what you're doing and do it well? You're a good fireman. Why don't you just stay doing what God has called you to do in the fire service and forget everything else? And I remember walking away so discouraged and despondent. I said to Liz, we need, to, we need to pray. We need to seek the Lord if this is right. Did we get it right? And you know what? We did, we did seek the Lord. And we can look back now, 35 years in ministry, and I can tell you we did get it right in leaving the family, in leaving the security of the job, living by faith at Bible college with no financial support for three years. We did get it right. And God honored that sacrifice. And God was faithful then as he is today. Criticizing someone's commitment, dedication, sacrifice, and extravagance to God is not only destructive, it's cancerous. Joyce Meyer writes this. Watch out for the joy stealers, gossip, criticisms, complaining, fault finding, and negative judgmental attitude. We need to protect our hearts from criticism. And as you and Anna go back to Uganda, Tim, we're praying that God will protect your hearts. Protect your hearts from criticism, from judgment, from negativity. We're praying that nothing would hinder you and Anna fulfilling the call and the destiny that God has placed on your life as you seek to demonstrate extravagant love. Thirdly, I want you to notice Mary's extravagant love was meaningful. 
verses 6 to 9. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body before to prepare me for my burial. The three times we meet Mary in Scripture, we find her in the same place. We find her at the feet of Jesus. And on this occasion, Jesus rushes to her defense. And he says, leave her alone. For she has done a very beautiful thing. What had Mary done? Well, Jesus goes on to say, she has prepared me for burial. Anointing with perfume was part of the traditional Jewish burial rite. And Mary, I believe, didn't want to wait until Jesus had died to express how much she loved him. She wanted him to know how much she loved him while he was still alive. Interesting to note that she would never get another chance. Do you remember why the women went to the tomb early on Easter day? They went with spices in order they could prepare the body of Jesus for burial. It should have happened right after the crucifixion, but because it was the Sabbath, the Sabbath was approaching, the law didn't allow them to prepare the body, so the body wasn't prepared as it should have. Or was it? So when Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, ran to the tomb to prepare the body for burial, the body wasn't there, for he had risen. It was too late, but a body was prepared, and not by his mother, nor Mary Magdalene, but Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Now, I'm not sure if Mary knew the significance of what she'd done, but Jesus did. Her act of love was purposeful, it was meaningful, it was prophetic. Never underestimate when God prompts you to give the impact it will make for the kingdom of God. Tim and Anna only... Eternity will tell of the impact of your ministry for God. You've been in the right place at the right time. And each jar of perfume which you have given willingly has been meaningful, has been purposeful, has been prophetic, and has a long-lasting impact in the kingdom of God. Eric Johnson says this, 
Kindness is not random. It's done on purpose. It's not random. It is done on purpose. I find it interesting both at the beginning of the life of Jesus and at the end of his life, he was lavished with costly treasures. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh as an act of homage and worship. Pure nard, expensive perfume as an act of worship. I pray especially this week of all weeks that we would be open and willing like the wise men, like Mary, to purposely give that will impact people's lives that will draw them into the love of God, into the kindness and the forgiveness of God like never before, which will extend his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Finally, Mary's extravagant love is to be remembered. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus says, Mary, I'll never forget what you've done today. In fact, Mary, nor will my church, nor the world ever forget what you have done today. He said, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what you've done today will be told. And it's amazing. 2,000 years removed from these actions, we continue to talk about what Mary had done through her extravagant love. Now, you and I will not be remembered in Scripture because Scripture is a done deal. Scripture says that you can't add to Scripture but we will be remembered for what we do. Psalm 112 verse 6 says this, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. What they do will be remembered forever. I don't know if you know this, but God has a memory box. And he puts everything into this memory box. Every shoebox that you've given, every packed lunch and make lunch you have served, every basket of baby basics that you've handed over, every coffee that you've made, every visit that you've made, every dinner you've prepared, every act of kindness that you've given will be remembered by him. It goes into his memory box. We will be remembered for every jar of perfume that we've broken for him. And this is the truth, Tim. Every mama that you have hugged and every child that you've held and every mouth that you fed 
and every tear that you've wiped and every mile that you've walked from him will always be remembered. And there's coming a day when that will be declared in heaven. Heidi Baker writes this, at the end of life what really matters is not what we bought, but what we've built. Not what we've got, but what we shared. Not our competence, but our character. And not our success, but our significance. Live a life that matters. Live a life of extravagant worship. And as we begin this special week, Mark 14, Passion Week, Holy Week, let us remember his extravagant love. And because of that, let us give without measure. Let us give for the audience of one. Let us give purposeful, prompted by God. And let us give something that will be remembered. Something that will leave a sweet aroma, a fragrance behind that will draw many into the kingdom this Easter we pray. Amen. Let Jesus be your center. Be the center of the thoughts, words, and deeds. Let the Holy Spirit ensure that Jesus is the center. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Paul. I just want to invite Mike Taylor up. He has something to share during worship. And then we're going to go back into a time of worship. Thanks. When we were singing that song about where does my help come from, comes from the hills, I just got a picture of somebody standing at the start of a road. And uh, as they looked up, there was just black, black clouds, so black they could hardly see the path, the road in front of them. But they know that this is a road they've got to take. So this person put one ginger step forward and a pinprick of light came through the clouds. Took another step and a bit more light came through the clouds. And with each step bigger and bolder and faster than the one before, more and more light came through these clouds. And at the end of this picture, this person was running down this road and there was sunshine all around. You could see miles ahead and everything around you. And I just felt the Lord was saying, if there's that person here this morning, trust me to take that very first step. And as you do, I will light your way. I will be with you and you will get to where you need to get to. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, we're just going to go into a time of worship. I just wanted to invite some of the prayer ministry team to come and gather around Anna and Tim and, and pray over these guys here and their journey ahead of them and obviously Tim's journey back home. And also just, we're a bit thin on the prayer ministry team, but if there are any others there, if they could either at the back or at the front. And if you would like some prayer, then please do, please do come forward. Peace. The storm 
Tea, coffee and cake. God bless you.